glad you could join us. I'm Heidi Higgins, and you are listening to K-12 on Learning. In late January, the 24th through 30th to be specific, schools and families throughout the country will begin celebrations for National School Choice Week. What is school choice? Well, school choice is that process of allowing every family to choose the kindergarten through 12th grade education options that best fit their children. We know that every child is unique and all children learn differently. Some children might succeed at the neighborhood public school, while others might fit in better at a charter, magnet, online, private, or home learning environment. That's why school choice is so vital, so important. These options include all forms of education, from traditional public schools to public charter schools, public magnet schools, private schools, online academies, and homeschooling. Having options is worth celebrating because you get to choose where your child is educated. Sadly, not everyone has school choice where they live. Joining us on the podcast today is Andrew Campanella. Mr. Campanella has dedicated his entire career to helping families discover their kindergarten through 12th grade school choice options. He serves as president of the National School Choice Week, This is the nation's largest public awareness effort for kindergarten through 12th grade education. Andrew is also the author of the book, The School Choice Roadmap, Seven Steps to Finding the Right School for Your Child. This book offers practical advice to parents in navigating their school options and choosing the best fit for their families. Information on where you can find his book will be found in our podcast notes. We are excited to welcome Mr. Campanella. Welcome to Andrew Campanella. He comes to us from the National School Choice Week. In fact, he's the president of the whole organization. We're excited to be able to share our podcast with him today to talk about School Choice Week coming up January 24th through the 30th. Introduce yourself to our listeners. Well, thanks so much. And hi, everybody. I am excited to talk to all of my friends at K-12 and uh, soon-to-be friends as well. I'm Andrew Campanella. I work with National School Choice Week and have for the last 10 years. And what we do at School Choice Week is twofold. Number one, we raise awareness among families all across the country about all the different education options that they have for their kids. So that's traditional public schools, public charter schools, public magnet schools, online public schools, private schools, and homeschooling. And we do that through year-round guides and resources and roadmaps that we develop and prepare for families. These are unbiased, comprehensive, and jargon-free resources that are available completely free on our website. And so that's what our team does all year round. And then every year in January, we help schools and organizations and families plan independent events and activities so that they themselves can raise awareness of all of the school choice options in their communities. And the goal of this is a truly grassroots celebration of opportunity in education so that families can learn about their options, but also so that we as a country can celebrate the fact that when kids are placed in education settings that meet their needs, that address their challenges, that harness their interests, great things happen. They're more likely to learn, succeed, thrive, and be happy. So I feel like I have the best job in the world because I get to work with families and schools and school leaders and educators all year round. Thank you. We can feel of that enthusiasm that you have. Tell us how National School Choice Week came about. 
Well, National School Choice Week started about 11 years ago, and it came as the result of a discussion amongst a lot of folks working in K-12 education, and specifically in the school choice education reform space. And there was a realization that people talked about school choice, and when they did, they were talking about one type of school choice, for example, open enrollment in public traditional public schools, or the public charter school movement, or private school choice, or online public schools, but there wasn't an effort out there that raised awareness equally of all of these different options so that parents could look at the full menu of options available for their kids and learn about those options in a way that was unbiased, comprehensive, detailed, and practical. Because so much in education is unfortunately not user-friendly to folks at home so much jargon, uh, so many terms that we don't even need to use, but in education, we end up using them anyway. So our goal was to bring education back to the kitchen table where families could talk about it and they could learn about their options because there is such a demand out there for parents to be able to find schools and learning environments that do work for their kids. And we know that when they go through that process, and a record number of families are going through that process of choosing, actively choosing schools for their kids, good things do happen. Students are more likely to succeed. Parents are more likely to be happy. And so we got started on those basic principles and we've grown ever since. We started with about 150 schools working with us. This last year we had 25,000 and more than I think 17 million participants in 2020. It's exciting. I have been part of some of these celebrations as we've brought schools together. And it's been wonderful to see huge crowds of people walk together to support school choice that comes from all sorts of areas, the homeschool to the traditional school family. Pretty exciting opportunity. And school choice seems to be probably one of the most important things. In fact, if you ask a realtor what the first question is for a home buyer, more than likely they're going to say, what schools are available here? School choice begins everywhere. We're thinking about where best to take our, our children. Why is it so important to have a choice? It is, in my opinion, essential. It shouldn't even be optional in the sense of having a choice or not having a choice. I believe that every family in this country should have a wide variety of options for their children's education. And the reasoning is simple. Every child is unique. Every child is different. All kids learn differently. What your child absorbs in the classroom and his or her experiences at school, even if they go to the same school as the kid right next door, they might have completely different experiences and reactions. And so why should your child have to go to a school that might not work for he or she just because it happens to work for other kids in the neighborhood? It doesn't make any sense. This isn't how we operate in any other aspect of our lives. You go down the aisles of a supermarket and there are options in every aisle. You want bread, you've got dozens of different kinds of bread. In your community, you want to go to a park, chances are there are a lot of different parks in your community or recreation options. You get to choose. You want to buy a car or lease a car. There are a lot of options out there and options within price ranges. You want to figure out where you're going to live. You have options of whether you want to buy or rent and Within those options, there are even more options. So we are not wired as Americans, as a free society, to be told that there are no choices in something. And 
The reason we're not wired this way is because in our founding documents, one of the founding principles of our nation is this idea of a pursuit of happiness, a pursuit of happiness, not just happiness in the sense of, oh, I had a really happy day, but happiness in the sense of purpose and in the sense of uh, civic mindedness in the sense of giving back. That is all wired into the DNA of what it means to be an American. And so we need to make sure that in the one foundational aspect of child development, education, that there are choices too, that reflect the same types of choices that we have in every other aspect of our lives. Because if we want kids to grow up and we want them to pursue their dreams and we want them to give back and be good citizens, we need to make sure they're learning the things they need to learn and they're learning in a way that inspires them to want to keep learning. So I took forever to answer your simple question, but I am super passionate about the need to provide choice and opportunity in education because we have it in every other aspect of our lives. And just because we're talking about people who are under the age of 18, those Americans should have it too. That's a beautiful answer. And thank you for taking the time to go through it. The choice is important. We've been living in an unusual time. A pandemic has covered the world. How has the pandemic changed the need for school choice? I think it's changed the need for school choice in a few different ways. In the immediate term, you have about 40% of parents or more who in our surveys have said that they are looking right now to find a new or different school for their child. So we've seen a huge spike in demand for immediate options. And there are a lot of reasons for this. A lot of families have realized that this shift to either emergency remote learning or in some cases, socially distanced in-classroom learning is not working for their kids. And what's not working for a lot of families is the constant switch back and forth between the two. It's very difficult, as you know, as almost everybody can imagine, for families, especially working families, to adjust to these schedules that seem to change on a dime. So there is an immediate desire for some stability for an education setting for kids that is working for them. So that's the immediate need. The long-term need that I see is that parents now, even if they are usually happy with their children's school and never had thought about the need for having other options, now know what it's like for the millions of other parents out there who for too long have said to themselves, my gosh, this school is not working for my child. What am I going to do? I need another choice. I need another option. It's almost a feeling for many families of desperation because they're told again and again that the school they're sending their child to might be highly ranked or highly rated, but it's not working for their individual kids and they need another option. And they don't want to wait 10 years for another option to be an existing school to be retrofitted to work for their kid. They want their child to not miss a day of learning. And so now every parent in America can sympathize with what those families have gone through for far too long. And what I hope people will remember out of all this is let's do a little or a lot less judgment of other families and their situations and their needs. And instead, let's work together to recognize that by having a variety of options in a community when it comes to schooling, district schools, charter schools, magnet schools, online schools, 
private schools and homeschooling and options within them, we're actually creating a scenario where there are more opportunities for kids to succeed and families to thrive and stay in those communities. So it's not a zero-sum game. Everybody can win here. I like that. Everyone can win here. That is a great statement. As we put our children and their needs first, and sometimes we have to consider work schedules, accessibility during this time to see what works best for our families. It's wonderful to be able to have the choice. The freedom to choose your own school raises a lot of questions about what type of school is best. How does a family go about seeking what is best for their own family? That is a really good question. And that is a question that I probably have gotten more than any other question out there when it comes to education. Okay, so school choice exists in my area, we have options, but actually how do we go about choosing a school that meets our child's needs? And for too long in the New York and Washington education circles, there's been a lot of talk about families should choose schools based on things like ratings, grades and rankings for schools, I don't subscribe to that. I think that the best way for a family to choose a school is through a detailed, customized process for your family and your child. And it really centers around what is best for your child and what your child needs and in what types of environments is your child most likely to thrive. And so there are a lot of questions you need to ask yourself. You need to take stock of your own experiences in education because you have to remember that as a parent, you too were once a student and nobody really forgets that, but it's important to remember what you took away from that. Are there things you think about education that are playing into your your decisions when it comes to making a choice for your child's school? Did you have a bad experience at a certain school or a certain type of school? And is that making you a little wary of that type of school for your child? If so, have things changed? You need to talk about what your child's needs are, what your goals for a school are, what you would want in an ideal setting. And then you need to go through and decide what are deal breakers for you? What are things that you absolutely must have in a school? or learning environment for your child, and what are those things that are want-to-haves? And then you visit schools, and you ask a lot of questions, and you talk to other parents and ask them some specific questions, not just for the you know, boilerplate endorsement, and sit down as a family and make a decision. And I lay this whole process out. It's really easy to follow. Any family can do it. And it's on our website, schoolchoiceweek.com. You can also get a copy of my book, School Choice Roadmap, Seven Steps to Finding the right school for your child. I'm glad that you mentioned your book. It just came out in January 2020. It's a great reference for a family who needs to make some decisions, where to look, how to start. What inspired you to write this book? What inspired me to write the book is the question you asked me, and that is, how should families go about choosing the right school for their child? We at National School Choice Week put together resources all year long whether it's a state-by-state guide to school choice that is very, very comprehensive about different schools to building a next-generation school finder that we're just about to debut or uh, putting together an ultimate guide to online public schools and how to enroll in them, for example. We've been putting together so many resources. The one thing we didn't have and couldn't find was practical advice for families on how to actually go and choose a school for their child. And the way I look at it is you can build school choice and you can have school choice in a community, but you need to make it navigable so people can find it and understand it. And parents are really smart, but education presents a lot of roadblocks, 
with jargon and bureaucracy and confusion that in some ways dissuades people from even wanting to go on the journey. So we said, okay, there isn't anything out there that we can link to that's comprehensive enough, that is open enough to acknowledge that there isn't a choice that is going to work for every single child. I think that's another thing. If you read some other resources out there and they lead you to a certain conclusion, you might answer some questions, you might do some worksheets, and then you apparently always get the same answer. Well, you should choose this type of school for your child. It's always the same type. I didn't want to present that type of resource to families because I think that every family's answer is going to be different. And I wanted to write a book and provide a resource to families that acknowledged how personal of a decision this was while providing some practical ways that you can harness what you know about your kids because you have more information about this process than anybody else out there. You have the knowledge, the experience, the intuition, and the ability to make this choice. And I wanted to give parents resources, tools, tips, so that they could use that information to their child's advantage. Wonderful. We are going to link in our podcast notes today, we're going to link references to your book and to National School Choice Week website for everyone so that they can follow along. Appreciate you building a tool for families to be able to use. I noticed on the website that there's even education about what a pod is. That's one of the latest things. What are your experiences about those? Some of our families are using those pods. Let's talk about what pods are first and then we can talk about the different types. So a pod is this idea born of this awful pandemic, that if kids are going through remote learning, let's find a way for them to be able to work together in groups, in small groups, at somebody's house or at a community center or church or wherever, so that they can learn together while going through remote learning, emergency remote learning. And this idea came about because parents saw their kids at home and some of them were missing their friends and they wanted them to have more social interaction. And so this idea was was born. And I think it's really promising. And so there are really two different types of pods. One type of pod is if your child stays enrolled in his or her original school, meaning traditional public, public charter, magnet, online, private, et cetera. And they get together with students from that school and they learn together and they're educated together by their regular teachers or other teachers using a computer or whatever from that school. Basically, it's just students forming a classroom outside of a classroom. That's what that first type of pod is called. We call it a learning support pod. The second type of pod is sort of a do-it-yourself pod. That idea is a lot more complicated for families, um, but it's something that people are pursuing. And that idea is parents will unenroll their kids from the schools they were attending, sign them up and register them based on their state's laws. Every state has different laws to be homeschool families and figure out ways for parents to co-teach those kids. The key to these pods is to make sure that first, you follow the rules in terms of unenrolling your child from school. You follow the rules in terms of registering your child as a homeschooler, and then you make sure that you don't run afoul of the law when it comes to how many kids you can have learning at the same time, because you might have created a private school that needs to be registered. So it's a bit more complicated, but families are working it out. And on our website, schoolchoiceweek.com, we give you that information. How many kids can you have if you do a self-directed pod? 
how many kids can you have before you turn to a private school, things like that. Totally two, to, two basic ideas that are relatively the same, but totally different in their execution. One, you remain enrolled in your school, and this is a way that kids are supported in that learning. The other way is self-directed. Parents are teaching, coming up with curriculum, instructing kids, figuring out how to grade them, things like that. Thank you. That's what we needed. Those pods have um, grown in many places. And like I said, I, I'm hearing about them all over our schools. And it's it's fun to be able to see that parents are reaching out for resources that are near them. The first thing we discover when we're at home alone is that we need people. And there are many ways to reach out for, for people. So thank you for that. On the website, I noticed that you have for parents some fun printable activities. These are great. Tell us about those. Yeah, so as we approached National School Choice Week 2021, January 24th through the 30th, everybody's invited to celebrate, it's completely free. We recognized early on in actually March of 2020 that given the pandemic, we could not celebrate School Choice Week in the same way. We usually are incredibly excited to partner with schools and state-level partners to help them plan independent events, everything from giant school fairs that attract thousands of people in different cities to uh, student showcases where students demonstrate their talents and all students from all different types of schools come together to any number of other types of events and activities. We realized we can't do the same type of events this year or for 2021 rather because it's too risky with this pandemic and we don't want to put anybody in a situation where they could contract the virus or where they could get sick. So we said, we've got to think of different ways to celebrate. And we've come up with a lot of different activities that families can do at home, that teachers can do in classrooms, whether they are in-person, socially distanced or remote. Uh, And some of these activities are printable activities, workbooks, things like that, that are fun, whether it's coloring or mazes or learning activities or any number of posters. And I'm just thinking of garlands you can print out and cut and and hang up. A lot of different cool stuff on our website now. I think we we probably quadrupled the amount of uh, printable resources on our site. And I remember when our team sent me uh, these PDFs for the first time to look at after I had said, yeah, I'd like to add more to this. I looked at this and I said, this is so much fun. So I hope people will check it out. Schoolchoiceweek.com slash activities. And you will find a lot of different stuff that you can do at home. And it's all completely free. I loved it. I saw 10 or 11 activities there that were for children in the very young ages to high school kids. So I was impressed that uh, you covered the gamut there. Very good. It's exciting to be able to see and uh, mention that while we're in this change and while we're looking at school choice, we're making decisions that there are things to do to celebrate the success. It takes a long time to adjust to a school change. And um, I appreciate you mentioning earlier that we have to be kind and not so uh, we can't judge others, but we also have to be careful with what we've chosen to do and work through it and call upon those school leaders to assist in the process. So Exactly. And you know, it's a good point about judgment. One of the things that we learned in our survey that I found very interesting is that one of the barriers that parents see when they go to choose a school for their child, especially if their choice of a school is not their neighborhood public school, is that they are worried about judgment from other parents for somehow abandoning that neighborhood school. And they are worried 
about judgment from family members and friends. And the most important thing that I want parents to know is that everybody learns differently. And there is nothing wrong with your child if your child needs to go to a different school. We choose, as I mentioned before, so many things in our life. And if you really think about it, by the time we get to lunchtime every day, we've made dozens of choices. Some of those choices are really small choices. Uh, some of those choices might be big choices, but we make choices all the time. And we can't stop ourselves every time we make a choice and worry about what other, what other people are going to think. And so I want parents to remember that you are being a good parent by going through this process and making a choice for your kids. You are being a conscientious parent by navigating this process and by asking yourselves these questions. And really the only person you ever have to answer to is yourself and your child. That's a great way to put that. I appreciate it. Uh, very eloquently presented. <laughs> Thank hey. you. So some other things that we might be looking at it. I noticed that you even had messages to educators. Tell us about why you're reaching out to educators as well. Well, we want to encourage students and their parents to thank teachers. And we are grateful that we have tens of thousands of teachers that celebrate School Choice Week with us every year. And uh, it's so important, especially right now, to recognize just how challenging it has been for people who are teaching and educating kids. This has not been a walk in the park for them by any stretch of the imagination. And I've always thought that we need a lot more gratitude in this world. And I think that School Choice Week, with its positive messaging, we are relentlessly positive is the perfect time for families to reach out to educators that have made a positive difference and say thank you. It goes a long way. We wouldn't be anywhere without those teachers. And I'm just very grateful for them. Every year, there's an exciting part. One of the reasons I love to come to your website is the dance. Yes. <laughs> if you can't say something with a dance, you might as well not say it, right? So a dance is a great way to get kids together, get them thinking on the same thing. Let's talk about a dance during a pandemic. Uh, great question. Well, this was a, so first of all, everybody who's, who's listening, uh, if you haven't heard about this, every year School Choice Week does a dance. We license music so anybody can use it and put it on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatever you want to put it on. And we do some choreography that we now have students work on with teachers at schools. They, they ask to participate and we watch videos and stuff and we select a school each year that will do the tutorial. So this year we have a fantastic school in New York City, Democracy Prep. They've put together an awesome video for us. And the filming of that video was a production quite literally because of the pandemic. We had to make sure that we had a COVID permit to film at a New York City park. We had to have a COVID plan uh, to make sure that uh, we were following all of the precautions uh, and making sure that the kids were socially distanced when they were dancing and they, when they weren't dancing uh, or talking, they were masked. And that was important to us, it was important to them. And we were able to get a really, really great dance out of this. It's one of the uh, best dances we've ever had. And even if you are going to learn this dance at home, which I have yet to do, but I may because you know I've been home a lot here, you can do it alone. And if you wanna change the steps, you can do it. The whole point of this is to have fun, it's to celebrate, it is a creative way of demonstrating your love for school choice, your love for your school, 
and your participation in the week. And for all the kids out there who have TikTok, we have a TikTok challenge. I wish I know more about what that was, but uh, I have not yet been read in on uh, TikTok. <laughs> well, we'll help with that. We'll make okay. sure that our uh, podcast notes include your TikTok channel and ours, because we would love to see some of those moves from our from our families and our students. When a family has a child with a disability, a whole other set of questions are added to the usual questions. And you've got a little section here about children with disabilities. What are some specific things a family needs to look for when they have a child with some special needs? Sure. So I think that the best question that you can ask when you're looking at schools or interviewing teachers or administrators at a school is not, can you accept my child? Because in many public sector schools, the answer will be legally yes. What you want to find an answer to is how will they address the special needs that your child has. So I encourage parents to ask the question differently. Something along the lines of, can you tell me about another student, and obviously you can't share names, who has the same needs that my child has? How did you develop a plan and how did it turn out? Ask for specific examples instead of just confirmation that your child will be okay. You want to know the specifics of how they will approach making sure your child learns and also making sure your child is happy in that school. So ask for specific examples of other students. Obviously, you're not going to get names and that's, you know, totally fine. But you just want to make sure that you're getting as, as much specific details as you can. Thank you. That's very important. I'm noticing also that with a with a disability or a special need also comes a gifted question, which is right. actually on a very same side of the scale because they also have needs. And so the same questions would apply? Absolutely. And you want to know, uh, too, in, in both of these scenarios, if math is a course that's offered, are there different levels of the math that are offered? Things like that. Are there opportunities for students to learn more about things that they're interested in. Sometimes schools have programs where if a student has a particular interest in a subject, they can go into an advanced level or uh, an extracurricular about that. So ask questions like that. And the most important thing, whether your child, and, and I will say this, as you know, you can be a child who has special needs and be a gifted student at the same time. We see that a lot. And I know a lot of uh, folks in uh, K-12 schools fit that description. Uh, for whatever reason, they might have mobility issues and might not be easily able to get out of their home and to a bricks and mortar school. And so they have opted for online learning. When it comes to the academics, they would blow a lot of other kids out of the water in terms of their scores and their achievements. So I guess my point is you can go in the same direction with both of those things. Very good. We sure can. Now, across the country, every state is a little different with the laws oh, yeah. that they have and the schools they have. How does a parent navigate that? Great question. Every state is different. Within states, there are differences, geographic differences, differences in things like transportation, differences in things like availability of internet access. So what I encourage families to do is, and not to plug our website again, but go to schoolchoiceweek.com slash my state. And you can look at the different policies and rules in your state around school choice, what's available, what your options are, how to access them. We have it for each of the six different types of choice. 
six different types of schools, and uh, we've put it in, in language that people can understand with all the relevant links. So if you wanna, for example, go to the state's website about open enrollment or charter schools, you can click on it and go there. Thank you for that. We are going to be celebrating with you January 24th through 30th in 2021, and we're going to be enjoying the fact that we have choice across the country for our students, and we hope that it grows even more. What do we want to encourage parents? How do they get involved to make sure that there's a choice in their area? So two things. If you've chosen a school that you love for your child, and for all the K-12 families out there, I want you to do this if you can. Go online, regardless of what social media you have, and post something about why you are grateful to have this choice that you have made for your child. You don't have to write an essay. Maybe it's just a snapshot with a hashtag. But the more we can show the world and show people throughout our country that choice yields success and happiness, the more families who will start their own process of looking for schools for their kids. The greater the demand there is, the more likely, the higher likelihood there is that school choice in places where it doesn't exist will expand. So that's number one. Number two, if you live in a place and you feel like there are not enough options in your community, we want people to use this week as an opportunity to have your voice heard. Work with other families, speak up, tell those in power, and usually this is at the state level, not at the federal level, at the state level, that you want more options. There are so many examples out there of states with a variety of options, and you can point to those as examples of what you want in your state. So speak up. And remember, when you're speaking up, you're speaking up for something, not against something. School choice is about being for something. It's about being for opportunity for all, for public schools, for charter schools, for magnet schools, for online schools, for private schools, and for homeschooling. You can support all six sectors of choice without denigrating any one of them, without hurting any one of them. Again, it's not a zero-sum game. We can all be winners here. I don't know if there's a better cheerleader for school choice. Thank you very much, Andrew Campanella. Thank you. I appreciate that. We need it. And we need, we need families to understand that their options are there for them. And it's exciting to be able to visit with you about these and how to find these school choice options for the families. So we're going to schoolchoiceweek.com. We're going to be looking at all of the different options that are available there. We're going to keep an eye on the School Choice Roadmap, a book that seven steps to finding the right school for your child. Looking forward to reading those resources and taking a look at what the needs are with our own family. I want to thank you for joining me. Do you have any last comments you'd like to offer? I just want to say this. Thanks for having me on the podcast today. And to everybody out there who is going through this pandemic, we're all in this together. The work you've done this year has not been forgotten and will not be forgotten. Whether you're a teacher, a parent, or a student, hang in there because brighter days are ahead. And hopefully, when it comes to school choice, even much brighter days are ahead as we provide opportunity for more and more families. Thank you very much. We are banking on those brighter days ahead and a school choice to expand. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to K-12 on Learning. 
To learn more about K-12's tuition-free public online schools, the Destinations Career Academies, or the international and private school options, go to k12.com. We invite you to subscribe so you can join us next time for K-12 on Learning.